Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is season 4, episode 96 of this daily study podcast. Or sorry, episode 97. Thank you so much for joining us once again today as we conclude our study of this week's Come Follow Me materials in the week of Exodus chapter 7 to 13. Um March the 28th to April the 3rd. And please do forgive me, I am aware that this is going out a day late. Um, I did have a plan to record an episode yesterday, but uh, that didn't quite work out um, with various things that happened yesterday. But I do hope that uh, everyone enjoyed General Conference. Um, if you haven't managed to listen to it all yet, then I fully encourage you to do so. Um, lots of exciting things. Uh, one exciting thing uh, for us in the in Great Britain uh, is, of course, the announcement of a new temple uh, in Birmingham. Uh, England, which is uh, incredible news. Um, the fact that we have well, that we will now have three temples in this land, uh, which is not a very large land, is a wonderful gift and blessing, um, and so something that we are very grateful for. Um, moving on with today's episode, what I'm going to do is uh, conclude this section today and then post out uh, our usual Monday episode as well. So uh, I did want to do an a final episode for this week or last week's come follow me because there was just so much in there uh, i want to come to the end of looking at this passover and some of the symbols and uh parallels we have with the savior of course we've talked about it being a male of the first year uh, how it was meant to be without blemish um i want to talk a bit about this um sp- sprinkling the blood on the doorposts of the houses uh, this, was, this was actually mentioned yesterday in General Conference in a talk by Brother Mark L. Pace, who is Sunday School, who is Sunday School General President, uh, when he was talking about the power of "Come Follow Me," and I think that this is a great uh, analogy uh, for all of us: uh, the sprinkling of the blood on the doorposts. This sprinkling of the blood was a very visual and outward. Um, show or demonstration uh, of who was following the lord who was who was his covenant people um and for us are do we sprinkle the savior's blood on our doorposts by that i mean do we outwardly represent and show our commitment to our living our covenants do is it very clear or are we living it in a periscope like manner which was also mentioned by one of the speakers in the Sunday afternoon session. I'd have to go back and look at my notes to see exactly who it was, but um, I liked his talk as well about how we need to be outward and and living of our covenants. There was quite a few talks, actually, I noticed, about kind of being not um, hiding our light uh, because of pointing and mocking fingers. There's a few people that mentioned that at this conference and letting our light shine, which I thought was interesting. Um, But then moving on, uh, there's also the fact that they were to eat the flesh of the sacrificial lamb, um, which indicates um, or links to the sacrament um, and is a a direct connection to that. Um, So there was was just so much uh, to consider there when we think about the Passover. Um, so that is something which they should, they did as a representation of their their following of this of this commandment, and of course the the destroying angel does then visit the land 
uh, and the, the Lord smites the firstborn in all the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sat on his throne unto the firstborn of the captive that was in the, in the dungeon. Pharaoh rose up in the night, he and all his servants and the Egyptians, and there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where there was not one dead. And he called for Moses and Aaron by night and said, Rise up and get you forth from any among my people, both ye and the children of Israel, and go serve the Lord as ye have said. Um, this is a, obviously a, a harrowing moment uh, with the Egyptian people, uh, and it's one that could be avoided, or could have been avoided, but unfortunately uh, it got to the tenth plague before Pharaoh would humble himself and let the Israelites go. Um, notice in verse 38, I haven't ever noticed this before, but this is something that we learn. Uh, it says in verse 38, And a mixed multitude went up also with them, and flocks and herds, even very much cattle. Um, I had never noticed that, but apparently if you look at the footnote in verse 36, it says, A blending of many, in other words, uh, of other peoples. So it seems to indicate that it wasn't just the uh, the children of Israel that uh, left at this time, but also other uh, individuals from other uh, places and this indicates to us uh, perhaps the missionary work that we are not just to bring ourselves out and, uh, and deliver uh, through the deliverance of the Lord but we are to invite others to participate and to join in the deliverance that our Saviour brings us um, and again that, that links very much to a very strong message from conference that I got of again not hiding the thing that we have uh, being bold in, in teaching the gospel when there is um we're not contention but when there are claims made about our beliefs which we do not feel are correct or appropriate then to challenge that in a loving way um i think that that is becoming even more important in this age of of social media that we have um it's just something which i strongly felt from this conference was the need to raise our voice uh when it was appropriate and as someone commented, uh, at sometimes uh, in order to be Christ-like and to, um, we we need to not uh, respond in some cases, but following the spirit in as to which time is which and what we need and what we can and what we need to do. Um. So that that is something which um, the the children of Israel. This event is something that the children of Israel would remember for well for centuries for millennia. They remember it today as part of their Passover feast, the deliverance of Exodus uh, out of Egypt. I remember that the story of deliverance is something which is so important and central to all of our, our scriptures, really. You think of the um, the Book of Mormon in the, the very first chapter of, uh, of First Nephi, where Nephi says his purpose in writing is to show uh, how the Lord is mighty to, to, to deliver them, how they were delivered. Uh, out of their place, uh, the Doctrine and Covenants. Uh, when you when you consider it, is a book that is directed to the de the delivering of the people, uh, with to the new and everlasting, or being able to live the new and everlasting covenants, um, and of course they they end up in a place where they are able to to live and worship as they please. Um, this is something which is clear, quite clear through all of um, the the history of the Lord's covenant people is this aspect of deliverance. To conclude this week's study, we have now got a whole other chapter to look at, chapter 13, 
But I'm going to focus on one particular thing because I think that is the thing that we can learn the most from. In uh, verses 21 and 22 of Exodus 13, as the Israelites are going on there, they're beginning their journey. It says, And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud to lead them by the way and by the night in a pillar of fire to give them light to go by day and night. He took not away the pillar of cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. Just imagine that. I mean, not only have they seen the incredible miracles and signs and plagues, uh, the awe-inspiring uh, feats of power um, by the Lord in Egypt, but they now have a literal pillar of fire or cloud to, to, to lead them through this uh, wilderness journey, uh, which, you know, is such a very visual, uh, clear manifestation of the Lord in their lives. We don't have that in our lives today, but we have things which do lead us. Elder Carl B. Cook said, quote, When the children of Israel were wandering in the wilderness, the Lord guided their journey each day as they looked to him for direction. His leading was constant, and I give you my humble witness that the Lord can do the same for us. So how will he lead us today? Through prophets, apostles, and priesthood leaders, and through feelings that come after we pour out our hearts and souls to Heavenly Father in prayer. He leads us as we forsake the things of the world, repent and change. He leads us as we keep his commandments and try to be more like him. And he leads us through the Holy Ghost. Close quote. We can be led today as if it were by a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire. Uh, and in fact, you know, we are given the, the blessing and the opportunity to have this. As you consider these two symbols of cloud and fire, um, in my mind, um, that the cloud, a, a cloud, um, is a representation of the spirit. It is also used numerous times in the scriptures to represent the presence of the Lord. For example, in Mark thirteen twenty six, Revelation one seven, and in Doctrine and Covenants section thirty four seven, where it says, "For verily, verily, I say unto you that the time is soon at hand that I shall come in a cloud with power and great glory." And of course, the fire is a representation of the spirits as well. Um, so we have the, the blessing to have this in our lives, just not in such a visual pillar in front of us uh, day by day. But spiritually, we can feel that presence daily. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed this study. Please uh, join us, um, well, within the next couple of hours or so as I post uh, our Monday episode where we share any listener comments and also anything else that has been studied Thank you very much for your time and until we meet again.